Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Witch. I am your host, Sarah M. Chappell, founder of the Holistic Business Academy. And before we dive into our topic today, we're going to tease apart the difference between hard work and kind of toxic productivity and hustle culture a bit. Really critical for those of you starting or growing a business, especially those of you who are feeling overwhelmed by all the things you're supposed to be doing. I wanted to let you know that very soon on July 13th, we are doing a live free training. I guess we is me. I am doing a live free training all about how to attract your ideal customers, clients, etc., without doing all the things, without the overwhelm of adding to your to-do list, without needing to be on every social media platform and hustling your little butt off to try to grow a business. Instead, we're going to talk about how to apply my holistic business framework to growing a sustainable and profitable business. If you want to join us, and I think you should, it's free. It's an hour of your time. I know you're busy, but like, I'm going to personally walk you through how to do this. And I do a sick Q&A. Do people say sick anymore? I do, I guess. Um, come to holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash attract to reserve your spot in the live training. It is July 13th, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Yes, there's a recording for those of you in different time zones, but I'm really going to encourage you to come live. You will get the most out of it. If you show up, if you make that commitment to yourself, we're going to talk a little bit about focus and commitment today in our hard work versus hustle uh, breakdown. And of course, then you'll be able to ask me questions live. And at the end, we are reopening the doors to the Holistic Business Academy. So if you have been waiting, now is your chance. Holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash attract. Uh, for our free training. Reserve your spot. Tell your friends. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a shit ton of people there. I am super stoked. Do we say stoked still? I know I say it all the time. Sick, stoked. I am a child of the late 90s, early 2000s, I guess. What are you going to do? So what are we talking about today? One of my concerns when we start talking about holistic business, when we like look at kind of wellness culture and spiritual out spirituality, I can say that word, culture, is this idea that if something is holistic or aligned or spiritual, that it's easy. <laughs> and often we, create, we, we uh, conflate easy with ease. And I think those are two different things. Easy meaning it doesn't require a lot of effort. Uh, ease to me being almost more of an embodied experience of, um, of uh, kind of a quiet confidence, feeling centered, feeling embodied, feeling... Uh, safe enough to take risks, things like that. You can, of course, have your own experience of that. But for me, ease is more of a body experience. Easy implies like it is easy to microwave something. You put it in the microwave, you press a button, it gets hot, right? Maybe too hot. <laughs> like that's easy. Boiling water, if you have a kettle and a stove that works, is easy. Building a business is not easy. <laughs> and Conflating something being holistic, aligned, um, values-driven, and ethical with being easy is a major mistake that I see people in their first few years of, of having a holistic business make because it creates this self-judgment loop that if something is hard, you're doing it wrong. And this is extremely pervasive in kind of uh, a lot of the spiritual um, kind of new age new age, vague age, I like to call it because, uh, you know, it's just like 
where is any of this shit even coming from? Um, but kind of vague age teachings, you know, that essentially if things are aligned, they're easy. And this creates this really negative feedback loop because if something isn't easy for you, there's a sense that you're doing it wrong. You're not in alignment enough. You're not, you're not well enough. You're not healed enough. Like there's a whole kind of enoughness thing that, uh, you know, almost as if like you should be able to transcend reality. I mean, people say these things, right? Uh, transcend reality in this flesh bag that you live in, which is some of my least favorite language, partially for this reason. And if you're not able to transcend reality and vibe high and just, you know, have things feel super easy all the time, that you're doing something wrong. And I think this is damaging enough in just a general human context, but it's extremely damaging in business because it's a lie. Growing a business is hard. That doesn't mean it's not simple. It actually is simple and easier to different things. Growing a business is often quite simple. Um, on this podcast, I have routinely broken down kind of the basic steps. What does it take to grow a business? Business is on its baseline very simple. We tend to complicate it. That's a whole other story. But simple is not the same as easy, right? Just because you can see the, the three steps required to grow a business, which is essentially have something to sell, uh, sell it to people, give it to the people. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of kind of silly almost, but when we break it down at that level, I think it's actually helpful. Recognizing that that doesn't mean that it's easy is extremely important. And if you find yourself in this loop of like, oh, this is too hard, it shouldn't be this hard. And that loop is coming from a place of, I would say, first of all, what you think other people are doing, right? A lot of the confusion about what it takes to grow a business comes from watching the outsides of other people's businesses, especially online. I will remind you, I will always be here to remind you that you literally do not know the truth of somebody's business. You can't. Even people who tell you, um, do income reports or, you know, say how much money they made or how much time they took off, you still don't know the truth. You can't. It's just like being in a relationship with another person. You can never know the wholeness of who they are. That's kind of part of the journey of being in a, in a relationship is, is getting to know somebody, right? More and more deeply. You can't know the whole of somebody's business and most people aren't going to tell you. <laughs> most people aren't gonna tell you how hard it is. Most people aren't gonna tell you um, that they, maybe they made a lot of money but they spent even more to make it, right? It's not uncommon. Uh, that they made a lot of money and had a breakdown. And I shared that with you guys last summer. You know, we had our biggest launch about a year ago um, biggest launch numbers wise ever. And I immediately just like lost it, <laughs> um, and had kind of the biggest mental health crisis that I've had in a couple years. And, you know, and I don't, I'm not saying this to be like, and I'm the only one who's honest with you. That's of course not true. I'm a person who has like feelings that I keep to myself. Not everything needs to be public. Um, and I, yeah, I'm not trying to suggest that I'm the only one who, who is honest about these things. But I do think that especially when people are teaching business, teaching business skills, it behooves them to make things seem easier than it is because if people tell you how hard it is to grow a business, you're going to stop. <laughs> now, I do think that there's an element of magical thinking that is really important when we're starting a business. We have to believe that it's possible. We have to have hope. And if you're inside the Holistic Business Academy, that's one of the reasons that we separate out these needs and desires and then start to talk about belief work, that kind of neuropsychological, uh, psycho-spiritual approach to shifting how we're moving through the world and understanding where our agency is and what we can and can't change because it matters. We need to be able to believe it's possible. If we don't, 
we will not take the actions required to get there. Your brain is not going to let you continuously move towards something that you think is impossible. Your brain's gonna be like, no, let's do something else. So that matters. But at the same time, standing here in nuance land, we need to hold both of those things. We need to hold hope and, and possibility in one hand. We also need to hold the fact that it's hard. And by hard, I mean challenging, something that is demanding, something that's going to require time, effort, consideration, and resilience. Um, you know, an ability to bounce back after things don't go the way you want, after perceived failures, after challenges, after wins that knock you down, right? So we want to be mindful, especially for those of you in the spiritual wellness space, in the holistic space, in the creative space, of noticing those stories, you know, the most egregious of which is this kind of like, if you just vibe high, everything's going to be fine. Um, but there's a lot of different ways that this manifests, especially in, in spiritual circles, in the language that we use. Be wary of conflating challenge with something being wrong or bad, or with you being wrong or bad. One of the ways that I see this come up a lot for my clients, maybe this will resonate with you, is this idea that if my work were any good, people would just buy it. The idea that it should be easy to find customers. And I'll always say there are always people who are exceptions. I definitely know people who have just blown up, word of mouth, referral only, have never had to try to find clients. It happens. But that is rare. That are, those are people are the outliers. And if that's you, fuck yeah, congratulations, enjoy that. <laughs> but for the rest of us, we actually have to actively put ourselves in front of potential customers. That's called marketing. <laughs> you have to do that and it is hard. It is hard to figure out how to communicate effectively. It's hard to figure out where to find these people. And then wait, once you find them, how do you actually talk to them? How do you explain your work in a way that's going to make them actually interested and then help them decide whether or not they want to invest in your work? That's everything that I teach inside the Holistic Business Academy because that's ultimately what we're doing, connecting with people and helping them to decide whether or not we can help them solve their problem. Or, or change their lives or bring something beautiful into their, into their experience of this world. It's normal for that to be challenging, especially in the first few years in your business when you are still validating your offer. You're still seeing, do people actually want this? You're still clarifying, do you want this? Do you want to be doing this? Do you want to run a business? Do you want to, what kind of business do you want? Like, do you want a team? Do you not want a team? Like, there's so many things that you're going to discover in those first few years. And that makes it even harder to communicate effectively because you're still changing a lot, probably. It takes a few years for people, I'd say probably like three-ish, maybe a little bit more, to feel really solid in what they're doing work-wise because you are creating it. It takes time. So... The idea then that these things should be easy often creates, again, this negative feedback loop, which makes people do one of two things. One is essentially beat themselves up, right? Well, I'd say that's that's the feedback loop is that, oh, this was hard. This was challenging. That means I'm doing something wrong, right? So the feedback loop comes, I didn't get what I wanted or doing the thing was hard or I was stressed out or, you know, this was challenging for me. So I'm bad. So I'm doing something wrong. I'm not vibing high enough. I'm not aligned with this, right? And how that tends to manifest is usually people either giving up, which is, I've said this before, if you actively decide you do not want a business, good for you. Not everyone needs to have a business. It's not the right, it's not the best option for every person on this planet. 
that's fine. You do not have to have a business. I wish you well. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but, and there's different ways to have a business, right? I know a lot of you do more like freelance and contract work, which is still having your own business, but it's not entrepreneurship quite as much. It's, it's a little bit different. Or you could be creating things. Like there's so many different ways to have a business. There's so many different ways to make money without having a classic job. So you need to discern that. But giving up is different, right? This idea, oh, I'm not good enough, so I'm going to stop. I'm not vibing high enough, so I'm going to give up on my dream. That's what I'm talking about. Not the conscious decision of I actually hate having a business or I would prefer a job for the stability or X, Y, Z, right? There are other other things to think about. So there's giving up, right? And that's when we like shut the doors on our dreams. You're like, wow, I really want this, but it's just not working out for me, right? And sometimes that's the language I hear. It's just, it's just not working for me. The second piece is that this will often put people into hustle mode and toxic productivity. And there is tons of stuff on the internet, in the online business land, uh, talking about this. Rightfully so. We have a very, we're having a really powerful cultural moment, especially uh, in the United States, and I think probably in kind of a, a broader Western culture, a uh, swath. Uh, in this pandemic life of like, why are we working so hard? (laughs) Why are people doing so much? Why are we validating our worth through our actions? And this is really critical. I actually have an article coming out soon. I'll let you guys know when it is all about kind of rooting that into actually Christian theology, which is foundational in the United States as to why we have a productivity obsessed culture. Stay tuned for that. But that you know, this is how we're having a reckoning around this, right? Hustle is bad. Productivity is toxic. Like we have that happening. And so what happens then is we try something hard. We feel like a failure because it, it was hard. It was supposed to, because everything's supposed to be easy, right? Lols. Uh, we try something hard and then we either give up or we get trapped in this toxic productivity cycle, which we are now being told constantly is bad. So now you're reinforcing the fact that you're bad because you're hustling or working hard or, or, or having this kind of toxic productivity relationship. All of this is a recipe for, for kind of disaster, right? None of those things lead you to the result you want, which is a sustainable, supportive, holistic business. Holistic in the, in the true sense of the word is in taking like all of who you are into account. Right? A holistic business is one that recognizes you as a human in a body, in a community, in this world. It is placing your business in context rather than just, um, yeah, like this weird entity over there that is, is divorced from you as a human. So how do we start to shift this? There is a lot that we could talk about here today, but I want to focus in on the difference between hard work and hustle or And here I really mean hustle in the sense of this kind of toxic productivity, uh, do more, do more, do more culture. Because there are some really key differences. And I'm going to be completely upfront with y'all. I believe that growing a business requires hard work. I'm saying it's a belief because I think there are probably people who don't experience that. And I think that's awesome. But for a lot of us, hard work is part of it. But hard work is not the same as hustle. Having to actually work in your business is not necessarily bad. 
that's kind of another online business lie, this uh, passive income thing, right? Uh, that's a whole other rant I could go down, but no income is truly passive. I call it semi-passive usually, or scalable, scaled when I talk about that, because it's not passive. You had to make it, you have to sell it, you have to fulfill on it. Even if you did the labor a while ago to create it and, and create a business that can actually bring you enough sales through this quote unquote passive income situation, you still did the labor. It's not actually passive. It, and when we talk about it that way, again, it reinforces this idea that it should be easy, whereas actually having a business that can sustain you with somewhat passive income is challenging to set up. It's a skill set. It's hard. Okay. And that's okay. So what are the key differences here, right? If starting and growing a business requires hard work, how can we differentiate between the two? I want to start by talking about what I view as really being kind of the um, key markers for knowing that you're in kind of a hustle toxic productivity zone. All right. So there's a few. The first is that our energy is generally scattered. It is and scattershot, right? These kinds of words where we are essentially doing a bunch of different things often at once. And there isn't a clear goal in mind. The goal is something like grow the business. <laughs> the goal is something like get more followers, make money, right? It's these kind of vague goals, which are fine but they're not clear enough to actually create focus. And we'll talk about that in a second. And often there's a bit of a kind of panicky energy there, right? This, a little bit of the FOMO, fear of missing out. Oh, if I don't do this right now, then my business is gonna fail. Oh, I haven't emailed my mailing list in a week. If I don't email them now, then XYZ is gonna happen, but I really need to do this thing first and this thing. And, and you can kind of start to almost feel yourself in your body, in your mind, this almost like rapid cycling kind of like, like da, 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 da. things are speeding up, right? And with that lack of focus, this kind of scattered energy, we tend to also see a lot of multitasking. Now, I don't want to knock multitasking in like a serious way, even though there are studies that show that multitasking is less effective. A lot of us have lives that require multitasking. We are busy. Uh, we have responsibilities. I know a lot of you have children. <laughs> a lot of you have school and caregiving responsibilities. That requires some level of multitasking. And to say that you need a perfectly clear schedule that is completely time blocked and maximized for ultimate focus to have a business, that's not true. Sounds nice, but it's not true. I'm often multitasking. I tend to work while I'm cooking <laughs> because cooking has these kind of weird blot, like kind of like blank spaces in the middle. And I will often, you know, check in on stuff or do Instagram engagement or stuff like that while I'm cooking. Cause I'm like, well, cooking doesn't require all of my attention, but the multitasking that becomes challenging is when we're trying to do things that actually do make a difference in the business. And we're multitasking those with other activities that also require a high cognitive load. So for example, writing, uh, making a sales page is not a great multitasking activity. That requires a lot of focus, energy, um, uses a lot of brain power to create a sales page, whether you are building it, writing it, all the different aspects of it. Doing that at the same time that you are trying to, you know, deal with something else in your business, answering emails, things like that, isn't gonna work. So the panicky kind of vibe then tends to come from trying to do too much at once. And the third piece here in like the how do we know that we're kind of trapped in this kind of toxic productivity set situation 
is that when we're trying to do all these things, if we're not able to do them all, right, if we inevitably, this is in my opinion, at least inevitable, if we inevitably uh, crash, run out of time, find that we made mistakes that we have to correct because we weren't paying attention when we did it, we're moving too fast, then we, uh, we feel bad. We think we did something wrong. We think we're bad people. Right. And this is where the, the productivity hustle culture is extremely challenging, because what we're doing is using our our success at task completion to validate our existence. If that is the, the, the program we're running, it makes sense that we would try to do as many tasks as we possibly can at one time. But the feedback loop there becomes and I didn't complete my to do list, so I'm bad, so I'm going to fail. So my business sucks. I'm doing it wrong. That is, is some of what that looks like for me. I encourage you to kind of think about this for yourself. What do you see with the overwhelm? What do you see with the the kind of FOMO? One of the things I, I see a lot with my customers is that being glued to the phone, kind of refreshing your email, refreshing your DMs, you know, just seeing if somebody has like sent you a message to ask about your work, like that kind of like, I need to be present on the internet, just like my, my consciousness needs to be there in order to get sales, right? That can be another version of this um, kind of splitting our awareness, like, oh, we always need to be there having, you know, kind of available to respond to a DM immediately or else respond to an email immediately or else, and also then trying to do all these other things. So my guess is, as I'm describing this, you have some things coming up for you. Even if your experience is different, even if you're like, no, Sarah, multitasking isn't really my thing, but I do beat myself up if I don't complete my tap, my to-do list for the day, right? So if you're, if you're driving or something, obviously don't do this while you're driving, but I make a little bit of space for yourself to take some notes, to write down what are some indicators for you that you're being sucked into an unhealthy way of relation relating to your work and to your business. Um, is it overscheduling yourself? crossing your own boundaries, um, beating yourself up when things are hard, um, multitasking, being scattered, right? Not having a plan, I think ultimately is what a lot of this comes down to. We'll talk about that in a minute. And there's also a lot of kind of like this like uh, solution seeking behavior that I see here as well. This like this like looking for the silver bullet in our business. Is there a like, oh, I just need a different strategy. Oh, I just need to get on a different social media platform. Oh, that person says I should have a Facebook group. I'm gonna start a Facebook group. There's this kind of strategy FOMO as well that happens where we start looking for, oh, is this gonna be the, the next you know social media thing? Or this person says I don't need social media at all, so I'm just gonna delete all my profiles, right? And just, you know, use SEO, whatever. And, and sometimes it can be pretty kind of broad there's not a clear plan behind making those decisions. It's a little bit impulsive and a little bit reactionary. So make a note. What do you tend to do, right? For me, I know it is, I often look at my phone first thing in the morning. Um, good habit, bad habit. I've done both. I, sometimes I don't at all. I often do that because for me, I'm at a place where we're busy enough that just scanning my email first thing helps me know if there's a crisis that I need to handle. There are a lot of people who say this is bad. Uh, whatever. <laughs> For me, uh, with the state of business we're at, I do have a level of availability that tends to be required. So I like to do that first thing and just know, okay, everything's taken care of. I've answered the immediate questions. Now I can go and focus, right? But there's a difference between me checking in and seeing if there's anything that I need to triage and um, spending all morning on Instagram, right? being working, quote unquote, uh, by reviewing my numbers over and over and over again. 
that that's not work. That's not actually me doing anything in my business. That's me being kind of, um, you know, a little bit compulsive and reactionary and desiring to feel productive um, without actually doing anything. So that is one of the things that I look out for, right? Okay, what is my relationship to my phone? What is my relationship to social media right now? Keep an eye out, make a list. Because hard work is often what we're actually trying to avoid with all of this um, kind of uh, FOMO productivity style of, of working. And I talked a little bit about why I think we try to avoid hard work. There's some kind of culturally, especially right now, we almost have this like, I called it the other day over on Twitter, um, I think toxic passivity, um, where because we're having this really great, and I, I mean it, it's like a truly fantastic kind of cultural reckoning about about productivity, about workload, about labor, about um, yeah, the unne- like the amount of like unnecessary bullshit that most jobs require. To say nothing of businesses, but especially folks who are in the job workforce. That, of course, that has really swung all the way to the other side, as things tend to. We love we love a pendulum swing, culturally, to this do nothing, right? And I talk about that a little bit, like, it should be easy, right? You shouldn't have to do things. Doing things is bad. <laughs> and, you know, I think there are different kinds of people here. That's fine. But, you know, doing nothing is not going to grow your business. So hard work, then, we need to take a look at it and see why are we avoiding it? We have these cultural reasons. There's also some cognitive reasons. Hard work. And I'm going to keep using this term hard work. I don't want to invent another term. I am, you know, I think a lot of people love a reframe of a new term, um, even when they're doing the exact same thing. If that's useful for you, fine. Things like focused work. Cal Newport calls it deep work. Um, I like hard work because I think it's honest. I understand why people want to shift it. Choose your own adventure. Um, I think Cal specifically shifted his perspective to deep work because hard work sounds hard and shitty. But I'm going to use the word hard today because that's what we're really trying to get into. Hard work requires focus. And this is a key thing to note, both from a how to do hard work, but a why we avoid it. Hard work often is cognitively demanding. It actually requires your brain to do things, to think. And whether, you know, we can talk about how like things like social media and TV have like reduced attention spans. But even more than that, especially if you're an adult, you've been out of school for a while, chances are you haven't had to sit down and focus and study intensely in years, <laughs> right? A lot of us look back at maybe high school or college or you know whatever your education experiences were. If you had a, a more traditional education, you might look back and say, wow, I can't believe I used to be able to sit and do all that fucking homework, right? Or read these textbooks or X, Y, Z. That's not abnormal. You are probably out of practice because most jobs even, even jobs that require focus and attention are still very multitasking. They require a lot of, there's a lot of splits. And anyone like me, you know, those of you who worked in restaurants or worked in retail, Whew. I mean, you are rewarded for multitasking, right? You can never fully focus on something. So the cognitive demand of focus is something that most of us do not have strong practice with. Some of you might be different, right? And I think that this is a place where folks who do things like, you know, meditation and yoga and moving meditation and stuff like that might have developed that a little bit more. If you're someone for whom those things are hard, if you're neurodivergent, if uh, you're just out of practice, focusing can be challenging. So 
it, it is cognitively demanding. And I think that's one of the most important things to note. And that's different than the hustle productivity stuff I was talking about. That stuff is cognitively exhausting, but it's not cognitively demanding. And starting to tease that apart can actually be a really powerful way to notice what you're working on and whether it is hard work or hustle work. Because if you find yourself exhausted at the end, but in that scattered, overwhelmed kind of way, you know, it, it feels very similar to my body to when I have kind of challenging conversations with like family members, for example, or friends, things where I feel like really misunderstood and I'm like emotionally exhausted. That's how I feel with um, hustle, toxic productivity, kind of um, cognitive demand versus hard work where we tend to be tired after. It is cognitively demanding. It requires focus. But usually, in my experience, there's a sense of reward at the end, right? That doesn't mean that we always feel good, but the, the fatigue is different. For me, it's a less emotional fatigue. It's a more body fatigue, almost like I have like, you know, like done a good bike ride or something. Like it's tiring in that way where I'm like, oh, I feel like I worked hard, right? So these are some just ideas for you to start to think about so you can start to discern. And I do think that the kind of felt sense is a really powerful way to do this. So we hard work means we have focus. Now, what does that focus have to do with? It has to do with having a plan. Hard work is work that has a reason, a real clear reason, not just a, oh, I need to check social media. Oh, I have to be in my inbox or else. Oh, I'm going to research things on the internet to like find my silver bullet for my business. No, hard work has a focus that is tied to specific goals. Inside Holistic Business Academy, if you're a member, you'll know, we break this down in three different sections. We have our needs, our desires, and then we do our 90-day planning. Hard work should be tied to those 90-day planning goals, right? What are your, your actual tangible things that you're trying to achieve that you have reverse engineered into clear tasks? That is hard work, right? Things that have a direct focus and have a direct um, impact on the goals you're trying to achieve that are specific, right? So get five new clients. That's a specific goal. Post on Instagram twice a week. That is a specific goal. These are measurable. They are tangible. They are on some level binary. Did you achieve it or not? Right? We can, I don't necessarily mean uh, judge tasks, like goals. If I don't hit them, that doesn't mean it's bad. It just needs to be measurable. I set goals all the time that I don't hit. That's like part of how I create this hard work focus is by setting goals that are, are extreme or challenging for me to push me to think differently. But we need to have a, an actual focus. This is part of this path. This is part of this plan. This is why I am doing the thing. And if you can't say why you're doing it and tie it back to an actual concrete business goal, chances are you have invented a task for yourself that goes under the toxic productivity, hustle culture, okay? I'd say, I mean, not always, use your own nuance, but really anything you're doing in your business needs to be tied to clear outcome goals. And yes, that includes responding to emails. Emails that you're responding to should be tied to clear goals, such as this person is a customer. I support my customers. That is a goal. Answer customer emails. Like that, that's reasonable. Responding to every single person who emails you with a question that is inappropriate, is answered on your website, is, um, you know, whatever. That's not a goal that is just driving yourself nuts. So when we have these clear outcomes, these clear goals, it becomes easier to enter what can be often called a flow state, right? So 
this is a cognitive experience of being in low. Uh, and what that generally feels like, a lot of us have felt this. Um, you know, athletes talk about it a lot, but definitely we can feel that as well in our work. It's when we're fully absorbed in something, when we kind of don't notice that the time has passed. This is a really common experience, I think, for a lot of folks who are neurodivergent when, when we are able to get kind of hooked into something. Um, this is a common experience when we're doing something we're really passionate about and there's kind of a, an ideal overlap. It should be something that we are capable of doing, but something that is also challenging. Well, that's good because we're talking about hard work, right? It's easier to get into that flow state if we know that our work actually has a clear result at the end. Now, not every task you do in your business is going to be a flow state task. I am not in a flow state when I am, uh, you know, picking out hashtags for Instagram. That is not a flow state activity. But a lot of the hard cognitive demand work that was required to grow a business is ideally a flow state task. Writing copy, coming up with new ideas, um, building programs and systems, setting up softwares, um, you know, creating automations, writing your social media copy, writing your blog posts, doing outreach emails, all of those things can be kind of flow tasks. So that's something to, to kind of just notice is like, when do I get really sucked into something? For me, for example, uh, I set up Facebook ads yesterday and I picked up my head and looked around and it was two hours later. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I was like, where did that time go? <laughs> right. That kind of thing for me is a real flow state task. When I'm doing creative work, like writing copy and then also doing systems work, and those two pieces come together. I tend to get very sucked into that. I find that very um, cognitively uh, stimulating. Right. So not all of your hard work things are going to be flow state tasks, but we very rarely get into the flow state with the uh, hustle toxic productivity stuff because our brain is bumping around. Again, we have that scattered energy and we don't have a clear focus. Um, and I think the ultimate piece of the, the hard work that I wanna kind of like lift up, and I mentioned this a little bit before, is that even though it's cognitively demanding often, and even though it is, it, it is hard and it can also be cognitively demanding, I want to say, in the sense that it can be um, emotionally challenging, right? I mentioned the belief work that we do inside of HBA a little while ago. Whether you do belief work, whether you have other tools, whether you work with a therapist, a coach, doesn't really matter. Most of us who run a business do have to um, engage with personal development of some kind because you are the person. It's you. There's no even once your business has grown to a certain level, um, there's still you as the head of the business. You're the person who is is driving the, the ship, uh, sailing the ship, <laughs> captaining the ship. There we go, that's better. And your personal challenges, your past experiences, the beliefs that you have um, kind of pulled into your mind, the habits that you have, um, and I would say habits, I also mean like physiologically, uh, your stress patterns, um, how you react to things, how you interact with your emotions, how you interact with your body. All of that has an impact on your business. So this can be cognitively challenging. It can also be, yes, emotionally or physiologically challenging sometimes as well. Um, so just something to, something to keep a note on. Um, that even though it is those things, ultimately the hard work in business, it does tend to be rewarding. Again, not always. I don't get off on picking up hashtags. I don't really care about that. But the sense of accomplishment when we have completed a hard task is something that we are like essentially hardwired as humans to love. <laughs> Completing challenging things is, is part of our 
part of our brains. It's part of what we, not just like as a, from a social level, from like a biochemical level, like we are like rewarded by task completion. So when we do something that's cognitively challenging, even if we're tired, even if it was a little stressful or a lot stressful, frankly, um, if we're able to work through that problem and get to the other side, it tends to feel rewarding. And I think that for me ultimately is one of the primary indicators between the two things. Hustling, being productivity obsessed, um, the, the self-judgment, the am I bad, that that does not tend to feel rewarding at the end of the day. Whereas if we can embrace hard work as a requirement, again, that's my belief, um, you can choose differently, of course, but hard work as a requirement for growing a business, then solving problems, being creative, challenging ourselves can become very rewarding. It actually feels good. We actually like it. And I'm going to add one little caveat here, which is to say that sometimes it takes time for those things to be rewarding. It's not usually rewarding the first time we try to do something hard. The first time you build a website, if you've never done it before, is not going to feel rewarding during the process. It might feel rewarding at the end. A lot of the hard work tasks are very challenging during the time that we're doing them. But at the end, feel good. There's a delayed gratification with hard work business tasks often. There are ways to kind of make them more enjoyable. Um, I'm not going to go too much into kind of habit creation and patterns here, but giving yourself small rewards, um, you know, tying it to things you do enjoy. I get to listen to my favorite music while I do this. Stuff that is cognitively demanding, but that I really don't like. Uh, If it's not creative work, like I'm not writing, I'll often like put on a TV show in the background and just kind of like let myself zone out and do do that work. I do that a lot for things, yeah, where I don't require, um, that requires a lot of like focus, but doesn't require me to like write it's less creative. So you can find ways to kind of make these things a little bit more enjoyable while you're doing them. But when we get to the end, when it's complete, it tends to feel good. Tends to. That's not always. But what it doesn't tend to feel is panic or scattered. And if you're doing something that you truly believe is critical hard work in your business, but you're feeling panicked or scattered, if you've gone through this kind of map, you know how these things feel in your body, you may not have the tools you need to complete it. And that is part of why it's hard work. You may not know how. And that is a fantastic indicator to ask for help. That is not an indicator that you are a failure and that you suck and that things should be easy. <laughs> so if you're doing something, you're like, well, this task is completely tied to my goals. Um, it, it, I can see how it requires focus, but I'm having a hard time with it. That doesn't mean that you're bad or that your business is going to fail, but it probably means it is time to get help, whether that is joining a community like the Holistic Business Academy, whether that is hiring somebody on Upwork to do it for you, whether that is taking a class or reading a book on how to do that thing. That is a time when it is good, yes, to go out and do research because you've identified something that you don't know how to do. Awesome, now you get to learn. So I hope this has been helpful to kind of break these two things down. A lot of this will come down to your personal lived experience, your felt experience of the difference between the two. But ultimately, if you leave with one thing today, it's that businesses require hard work and that is okay. (laughs) It is okay. And that the hard work will change over time, but that doesn't mean it goes away. Businesses are cognitively demanding They're often emotionally demanding and they can be extremely rewarding 
but a lot of the benefits and the reward are delayed. This is one of those delayed gratification experiences. Just crossing things off of the to-do list or getting the dopamine hit of a like on Instagram is not doing hard work. Hard work is about creating the systems, structures, and offers that are going to have the impact you want in the world while getting you fully paid and supported. Of course, that's hard. There's a reason people go to school to learn how to run businesses, <laughs> right? There's a reason that there is an entire industry trying to help people grow businesses. It's because it's challenging. And if you can embrace that, if you can set the expectation that sometimes business is going to be hard and that's okay, but that that's normal and not a reflection on you, on your abilities, uh, on your competency, and certainly not a reflection on like your spiritual transcendence, then you can start to shift your relationship to the work you're doing, better discern which work is actually important and which work is giving, is kind of replicating this, this extractive hustle system and move forward with your focus on the things that will actually move the needle in your business and create the greatest rewards. If you want to go a little bit deeper into this, break down how I view the difference between hustle and holistic and see some examples of ways to kind of structure your time and think about the business that you're focusing on in your work, definitely come to the free training on July 13th. Um, attract your ideal customers without doing all the things. This is the whole point. How we create something that is holistic, that is sustainable, that is rewarding, and how we do that without overworking ourselves, without being in panic FOMO mode, and instead prioritizing the key tasks that will grow a successful business, even if, yes, they are hard sometimes. You can register for the free training at holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash attract. And please invite a friend to come with you. It'll be easier for you to actually follow up on the information on the training. If you have a friend there who can help hold you accountable, you guys could have a little meeting afterwards. You know, make sure you come, you take notes and learn how to apply the holistic business framework to your business. I'm so excited to see you all there. Again, that's holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash attract. And I will also see you back on the podcast next week. All right. Bye for now.